I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Mastering the Music Business. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers shows, both radio and TV, free of charge, on lisaevers.com. Now, in this episode, we're talking about mastering the music industry. Many people have dreams of stardom. Some of them even have the talent to achieve it. But is that all it takes? And why sometimes do people with talent never really make it. Nowadays, you can make a hit. You can make a hit song on your phone and become instantly famous online and on social media overnight. So the question is, have we thrown away all the rules or is there still a tried and true formula for success? We've got a great panel to discuss this. Let me introduce them to you right now. Sean Prez is with us. He's a marketing expert and the founder of the Global Spin Awards. Sean, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. She's interviewed and written about some of the biggest names in hip-hop. Somia, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you. Also with us is Danny Sue Griffin. He's an independent marketing expert with RGF and AMG, and he's also Fetty Wap's manager along with other artists. Danny, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you. Somia, you know so many people want to get into the business. So many people want to be stars. I'm sure you get asked this question a lot as well. Is there Are there certain characteristics that some of the big names have that they share in common, no matter what type of music genre they're in, no matter male or female. You know, what's great about 2018 is there's no one way to get in the room. You know, before it was this idea that you wait in line, sort of like a nightclub, right? You stand behind the velvet rope, someone ushers you in and you come into the room. But now artists, because of the internet, social media, platforms like SoundCloud, there's really no one way to make it in the music industry. You can have millions of fans around the world as a totally independent artist, or you can go kind of the more traditional route of signing to a major label, kind of going through their artist development process and sort of going through those kind of old school steps to making it in the industry. So what I think what's great about the industry now is there's really no one way and it's really about every artist has a great chance of making it. So many more avenues of access. Certainly. And, you know, it, every year there's a new avenue that gets added. I mean, a few years ago, we didn't have Spotify and Tidal and Apple Music. And now because of all of the uh, streaming providers, there are people who are literally streaming stars. You may have never heard of them. They don't get played on the radio. They're not on television. But to their millions of fans, they know every word at every show. That's what's so incredible. Um, Sean Prez, as a marketing expert, you've been with some of the biggest names in the business, worked mm -hmm. alongside them, created campaigns for them, and also work with DJs from around the country too. First, let's, let's talk about marketing. What is marketing? Because we always hear people say marketing is so important. Marketing is extremely important. You know, I can go back to, to, and I'm dating myself, but the early days of Bad Boy Records. You know, we, we had a shoestring budget back in those days. We relied heavily on the streets and the grassroots um, way of getting the word out and, and getting our artists to the community. We were the ones out there with the picket signs, the hand-to-hand -hand. and marketing is really touching your audience and creating a word-of-mouth buzz and getting people talking about you it doesn't matter marketing is marketing it doesn't matter if you're selling a soft drink or if it's a new artist trying to reach their um constituents and, and gain a fan base i think that so many um artists coming up you know like someone you just said they're relying so heavily on the internet and like she said and it's 100 percent true there is no one way to market yourself, but you can't forget about your base. You can't forget about your streets, and you go one block at a time, get one fan at a time, 
and and those become real fans. And the personal connection you think is more important than is just as important in addition to the whole digital presence. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's 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 no different than you know, um, in the early days of, of of the industry before there was internet. You really had to get out and touch people. When 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 you see um, some of the candidates out there trying to get elected, it doesn't matter if they have you know the internet now and television and big. They're still knocking on doors and and person. That's a great point. And and the 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 bad boy street team was was famous. Absolutely. As a as a reporter starting out, going out, they were at everything. You know, they were always there, very visible in a big room. It didn't matter what the event was. We were there. I was an oh. intern for him. So <laughs> That's right. It was literally snipes. That was a good people team. standing outside of like the event, the after party with the signs, and that was the way you reached your constituents, just like Prez was saying. And that's also kind of how you knew something was popping. But Danny, in terms of in terms of the streets and the one to one connection, I've been on the streets with uh, Patterson, with you and Fetty and the whole team, and covering it and and reporting on what you were doing there. That's a big part of your whole philosophy. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes, that was uh, actually our blueprint. You know what I mean? Hitting the streets real hard, like, and getting out, seeing these fans. Even when they wasn't fans, we were still mingling with them. You know, I use that as a blueprint for everything that I do when you, in terms of marketing, especially hip-hop. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because hip-hop is like, it's like, a, it's what you feel. You know what I mean? If you feel it and you get out there and you touch these people, then they start feeling you. Then they become fans. So at, when we was moving up, we was doing all the uh, billboards and all that, but we was carrying them. We was doing the sweatshirts and everything, and dating back to the time when you probably was on, uh, when you was on uh, Bad Boy, we was actually doing a movement out of Staten Island, and that was our ground presence, you know, doing a lot of hand-to-hand combat. And then I brought that back when we did Fetty, and it worked. But it never gets old. Touch, touching exactly. the people. The human connection, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, in, in terms of dating it, someone in real life and a dating app, right? It's the same <laughs> right, thing. Exactly. Like, it's this idea of touching people kind of in this tangible way. I think what's kind of interesting, though, like, if you're an artist, you know, in the middle of Japan or in the middle of South Africa, like, how do you sort of reach the world? I think a lot of times now younger artists are like, instead of going kind of hand to hand, block to block, they just go online. And with a few clicks, you're literally reaching millions of people. So it's a weird balance, right? It's this idea of, do you take the time stomping, you know, actually stomping the pavement, meeting one person by one person, or send out a tweet and you could reach millions of people. But are those millions of people, Danny, that they reach, that you're reaching with, you know, one Instagram post or one tweet, are those going to be real fans that are actually going to download the music and actually support the artist? Yes, in our case, though, they are real fans because when we hit the pavement, we actually showing what we're doing, you know, online, on Twitter, on Instagram, because that was a big part of our success, Twitter and Instagram, you know what I mean, and Facebook. So what we was doing on ground, people was amazed, like, they everywhere. They in every hood, you know what I mean? So we put it, and it go national. And we had people reaching out to us from the U.K., looking at our movement and what we was doing, and they kind of was doing it over, started doing it over there too. So when we came, when we went to the U.K., people was actually like, yo, we love what you guys are doing. That's how we became fans. You know, and that's that's. But but the point is, Danny, y'all put the work in, and you just used the internet as as a medium to show the world what you exactly, were doing. Exactly. So many artists nowadays are are taking the easy way out because they're artists right now. I don't want to mention them, but the first oh, record ahead. that they ever Please recorded. Mention them. Nah, seriously, <laughs> the first record that they ever recorded, you know, by luck, it blew. 
Right. And, you know, they didn't have a real fan base. They never put the work in. So that's why you see so many artists who who don't have longevity. They're here today and they're literally gone tomorrow, as opposed to many of the artists who came before who had to, you know, beg, you know, DJ Clue and and and, and, and get so all the many, family yeah, members and, and everybody from yeah. the block and everybody they grew up with and say you need to come out and support and me. support right those yeah. were real fans those are real, the real kernel and, of it and and they have you know extended careers many many of the um, artists who are blowing up overnight you know they they're going just as quick the here today yeah, gone tomorrow gone we're tomorrow. going to talk about putting the work in when we come back this is Street Soldiers I'm your host Lisa Evers yeah you already know what it is man this is B.I.G. Sean and this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers real issues real politics real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about mastering the music business, and have we got a great panel for you to discuss this. Joining me is Sean Prez. He's a marketing expert and founder of the Global Spin Awards. Sean, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist and has interviewed some of the biggest names in hip-hop. Somia, great to have you with us. Thank you. Also joining us is Danny Sue Griffin. He's an independent marketing expert with RGF and AMG. He's also Fetty Wap's manager and manages a number of other artists as well. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Let's talk about a career that we just came to learn a lot more about with the passing of Aretha Franklin. The queen of soul, this amazing career that she had as I was reading the obituaries and just the tributes to her and also finding out more about her life because, you know, unfortunately sometimes when someone passes, that's when you learn about different aspects of her life, you know, their life. We've all probably danced in the kitchen or Absolutely. living room to her music um, at one point or another, but she had one of the things, she was a perfectionist. They said she would rent the hotel room hotel ballroom next mm -hmm. to where she was performing for a concert so she could rehearse everything with the band and with the orchestra ahead of time. She went through ups and downs with her career. Prez, when you look at her, what do you what do you see in terms of lessons we can learn? Talk about longevity and putting the work in. Well, that, that's the first thing I was going to say is longevity. You know, it's kind of what we were discussing earlier. This is a woman who came to prominence in the 60s. Right. She had a career who spanned it over 50 years. And yet everybody knew, every generation knows her. Every generation knows Everyone. her. But in the beginnings, there was something, and, and hopefully we'll be able to um, discuss this in more detail, the artist development that, that was put in to the early days artists, really understanding who you are as an artist and who your fan base is. Who are you singing to? What are you talking about? Who are you trying to reach? And I think that the artists um, back in the days, they really took the time and the labels. You know, they actually used to have artist development right. departments. Yes. And those departments have long gone. You know, in 2018, they don't even exist. But that's the reason that so many of these artists you know, have been able to survive over time. So, I mean, when you look at Aretha, because she, she survived a lot of different trends, like times people kind of, after soul music, you know, but before disco was coming in, they kind of rid her, you know, wrote her off, and she she went through a, like three or four periods like that in her entire career. What? How did she do that? 
I think Aretha is a great example of just pure talent, right? With yeah, that true. voice, I right. think it really surpasses trends. And you see so many artists now just kind of jumping the wave or what's the current vibe. So when everyone else moves left, they don't know what to do. They flounder. And I think someone like Aretha, doesn't matter if it was in the 60s or, you know, five years ago, she still had that amazing voice. Um, so I think that always kind of served her well. And the catalog, I mean, no matter what, those songs that she's saying, either her own songs or covers she's done have really stood the test of time. I mean, I think moving forward, we're going to always see them in movies and commercials. Like they'll continue to soundtrack people's lives. And I think that's a way to really kind of touch people versus just being that one hit wonder. We may never hear from you again. This woman has a body of work. And I think that really is a testament to her talent. Danny, tell us about the, you, you're a strong believer in artist development. Yes, yes. And working with the artists, you take a little bit of a different approach or quite a bit of a different approach than a lot of other people. Tell us what was the strategy you used to get Fetty so hot? Because that one year he had, I mean, he's had many, many hits, but he had one year in particular recently where there were like five, you know, five big songs on the Billboard charts. What took what took us there was, was more so like buying into the culture of what we was doing. You know what I mean? So Fetty and us, you know, our whole team, we was actually from Patterson. So it was a culture thing moving around. Everybody was into it. So when you get into the whole project and the person, it's, it's a little different. That's, what, that's where artist development come in at. So we developing his sound and he's developing his sound. We're supporting every direction he go. So if he go far left, that might be far left now, but when you sit back and look at it, it's not far left. That's where he's going at. So we supported that. You know what I mean? So that that's what made Fetty whole. So when you see him singing, he can sing. And people say, oh, he can't sing without auto-tunes. I was like, auto-tunes wasn't even on that. And they was like, get out of here. That's his real voice. I was like, yes. And he also could rap. And then he became a performer. So we developed that by just nurturing his style, seeing what he's doing, what makes him tick. You know, we support it. You know what I mean? We gave him the foundation. If he fall, we pick him up. We brush him off. You know what I mean? We we kind of make the fall soft instead of hard, you know. And then and then just keep him going and support him. What, what do you think about that? Well, I think you know I I, I was able to to watch that movement and, and admire you know what you guys were doing from afar. You know, it, it it always in the music industry. I don't care whether it's old school, new school. You have to be true to who you are. And if you remember, you know, with that Fetty movement, he was on the front line of, of bringing melody into the game. Sure. You know, yeah. at yeah. that time, the, 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 the game, people, it's not just wasn't singing, but the way everything now is melody, you know, Fetty was, he, he, he's damn near responsible the for groundbreaker. that. groundbreaker. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and really changing the game. But it was, he wasn't following the trend. He was doing what he did. Exactly. Now, I don't know if that was something that was going on in Patterson, because I remember, you know, early in the days, um, Mr. C, you know, yeah. was telling me yeah, about Mr. Fetty Wap, yep. how he's tearing down Jersey. We was oh, like, God. who is this kid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Fetty came with a completely different sound, a completely different look, but he was very true to himself. And, and I think when you're true to yourself and you have integrity in your music and you're not trying to, to chase trends, 
people exactly. buy into that. Yeah, exactly. so I mean, what about the chasing trends? I think this week on the Billboard charts is a great example of that. I mean, you have Travis Scott in his second week outselling Nicki Minaj, and coming right behind her is Trippy Red, who's very well known kind of on SoundCloud. I'm sure and the barbs will be after you. It will right? definitely be after me. Um, and you know, what I say is someone like Travis, I followed his career for years. I remember when I interviewed him when he was opening for Iggy Azalea. So this kind of shows how far back in time we're talking. But you know, with Travis, he always kind of stayed true to who he was, similar to what you were saying. It's all about his style, his aesthetic, his sound. Astro World is a great piece of um, music, and I think it's very kind of compelling and of the time, but he's always just been Travis Scott, and I think that's what his fans love from him. Whereas Nikki, I think in many ways, is still figuring out where does she fit in 2018. You see her do a song with Takashi, then she has songs that are more so kind of like, you know, disc records, sort of all over the place. And I think for people looking from outside looking in, we don't know who Nikki is in 2018. I think sometimes when there's that disconnect, you see the result in the sales. And I think, you know, going back to what you were saying, authenticity, people know when it's real. You know, the consumer is very savvy. They know when it's sort of a machine creating something or when it's really coming from the artist. The artist and, 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 and an artist. I mean, part of the part of being an artist is that journey. It's like you're not the same person in 2018. You were at the start of your career. Otherwise, you're not growing and you're, and, you know. and it's hard because I think with some artists, you come to love them for one thing. Like people who are very lyrical, they do a song with like a singer and all of a sudden, okay, you sold out. Or you did a song with, you know, Diplo or Stargate, you sold out. I'm one of those people who's like, you should experiment. You know, people are always evolving. But you can tell when someone genuinely is experimenting and it's coming from a place of artistry versus, okay, your label said you guys are hot. You should be on a track together. You can tell they probably weren't even in the studio together. Right, when they, the just, they just get the, the, they right. they just get the beat right. or the track. Right. Somebody else's track, yeah. and so yeah. the producer puts it together. It just Maybe inorganic. nobody's ever in the same room at the same time. And you can tell. I mean, some artists, when I interview them, you ask them about a certain song or a track, they don't even know the name of the producer. I'm like, but that person gave you a hit. Wow. No, that person sent them a beat. They rapped on it, and that's, you know, beginning and end of relationship. Yeah, I but think that's, that's very how different. The game has changed so much. Like, you know, technology is a, is a beautiful thing, but it also has you know, taken away a lot of, of the camaraderie and a lot of the art form, you know, because like you were saying, these days uh, a, a producer will send you a beat. You've never met the producer. You barely know his name. You just yeah. buy the beat. You, you, you get somebody on your track who's across the world and they do their part, send it to you. So, but it's one of the things I wanted to bring up, if, if, if I could backtrack, when you look at, we were talking about Aretha Franklin uh, a little earlier. And may she rest you know, in paradise. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes, she deserves it. An artist like Aretha Franklin in 2018 would never even get signed. All right. Absolutely. So let's talk, let's talk about on that. No, we got to take a break. Good we're going to continue uh, talking about that. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. NYC, what up? You already know who this is. Your boy, Uncle Murder, a.k.a. East New York. And right now, you're listening to Street Soldiers Live on Hot 97 with Lisa Evans. Real people, real issues, real politics. You heard? Brooklyn. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about mastering the music industry, and we have an amazing panel discussing this with us. Joining me is Sean Prez. He's a marketing expert and founder of the Global Spin Awards. Uh, Prez, great to have you with us. 
Thank you. Thank you Thank so much. You. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. Somia, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you. And also joining us is Danny Sue Griffin. He's an independent marketing expert with RGF and AMG, and he's also Fetty Wap's manager. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. All right. Sean Prez, you said that Aretha Franklin, one of the greatest of the greats, and may she rest in peace, would never be signed today. With that kind of voice, that kind of passion, the look, the talent, why do you say that? Oh, it's a fact. I mean, you know, just speaking, put my record label exec hat on now, you know, these days, the, 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 the labels and, and, and the execs at the labels, they're taking the easy way out. They're looking at Spotify and seeing who's streaming. They're seeing what record is blowing up in Atlanta. They're seeing, you know, what's going on in a different town. But they're not paying attention anymore and just signing artists based off pure talent. You know, and ultimately, pure talent is what will give you the longevity. Somebody who looks like Aretha Franklin in 2018, there is no way that Aretha Franklin, with that beautiful voice and so many hits that she had in her, would even get a record contract today. Now, she could technically put herself out independently because the, 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 the platforms are there, but she would have to have a massive online hit before a record label would take a chance on that look. Is it also because of the image, because of the look? The, the, Everything, is, the look is so much. Absolutely. What about that, Somia? I mean, there are labels who are signing people now because they're Instagram influencers, and maybe they have one song or they did a cover of someone else's song threw it on Instagram or YouTube, it has millions of views, all of a sudden this person has a record deal. And it's- Look, look at, look, look at yeah. um, what, 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 um, the, the, the Catch Me Outside girl. Yeah, Bad I, I don't baby. know that she, she, she was ever a rapper before that, you know. She was on the uh, Dr. Phil show. Exactly. Um, and that, but, but I think she's, you know, we're also in an interesting place now of the cult of personality, right? And it's not just hip hop. I mean, we see- It's everything, with everything. Right. everything. Donald yeah. Trump, right? Like right. all the way from the White House, you know, kind of, going down it's this idea of personality and people really attaching to that and what's crazy about you know bad baby i believe she has like four billboard hits mm. which actually outnumbers people who have might been working on because their they measure the streaming for right. years and years and years so it's a different place now danny what about that what about like aretha aretha she was special you know i mean nowadays for aretha to get a deal you have to have your whole team behind her you know, far as that like, might not be enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to metrics. Like Prez was saying, they're going to look at your Spotify numbers, your SoundCloud numbers, your Instagram followers. Yeah, if you know Aretha 2.0 is really you know popping on the gram, she might get a deal. But if she has a hundred followers, probably not. Well, let's talk about the let's talk about female artists. You're working with female artists as well, and the we see like Cardi B had a spectacular year. Nicki has the new album and is, you know, not getting, I guess, the traction on the, on the, that she'd probably hope for, mm -hmm. and also the numbers that she's not. Are we looking at female artists in a different way yeah, after, we, Car after Cardi? Yes, we are. We're we looking at female, female artists as wanting to pop right now. And, and with female artists, some can pop right now, like Cardi. Cardi was working hard way before she popped, though. Right. You know, her struggles, that and stuff that she been that. through. You, you, you want to know yeah. a, a big reason why Cardi popped? The authenticity. This girl right. is yeah. as true to herself. You know, now, some of the things, if, if I was managing her, I would have, hell no, don't say some of these <laughs> right. things. Right. You know, 
But 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 it res it resonated, it resonated especially with women because they were like she's saying everything they always told us not to say. Yeah, yeah. right. And, but but when you look at her, she's honest. It, right. It's I'm putting it all out yeah. there, except yeah. for who yeah. I am. And I think that whether it is you know now, fifty years from now, or fifty years ago, I think that if you're true to yourself and you're honest, people will see themselves in you, and they will. That's how you get a real fan base. And I think that and on, on top of it, and one thing that we haven't spoken about is the work ethic. I want this to talk about the work ethic. work ethic it's is crazy. relentless. Ridic yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Tell me about the work ethic. The work ethic is Because you have, you have a crazy work ethic and you demand the same thing of your artists. Yes, the work ethic is very important. You have to do things every day. If you're an artist, it's a I job. expect it's you to job. do something every yeah. day. You got to work on your craft, your style, your skills. It's, it's not just one thing anymore. We, what we do at RGF and AMG, we kind of develop the talent. We, we, we watch them, see where they good at, see where they bad at. And sometimes we'll bring them outside of their box and let them go back in their box, you know, to see what it's all about because that's where the hidden talents are at. You know what right. I mean? Like, if, like Aretha voice is so magnificent. That's why she probably wrote the song or if she wrote it, Respect. You know what I mean? She wanted people to respect her. And just like us, we want people to respect our artists. We have true talent right here. So take a listen. You should fall in love with it. But you have to take a listen first. See, with this day and age, nowadays, people don't have time to listen. You got right. three seconds. Yeah, you, and if you don't it's turn so them true. on in with three video, seconds. With video, yeah. too. Yeah, if you don't turn them on in three seconds, they gone. It's no way. It's Even no with way. the way the ratings are measured yeah. on radio, yes, it's like and, 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 and also this idea that there's no room to fail, right? People forget Aretha oh, yeah. had years that she yeah. wasn't so hot, and even some of her biggest hits are covers, right? Like Natural Woman, Respect. Right. Like these are other people's songs that she kind of turned took and into, made her own, like these right? epic classics, but. There's so many artists now, you drop, you know, two duds and it's done for you. Like the industry will forget you. No one wants to talk to you anymore. Your label is quickly, you know, stop answering your calls. And I think it's just as a culture, we're just so used to kind of instant gratification. And if someone's kind of not giving us that, okay, it's on to the next. And I think yeah. that's hard because there is no artist development then if you have no room to fail. What about the preparation too? Because Danny, you, you were telling me, which surprised me, that you don't like your artists, you like to ha them to have the whole album done before they even start going out, you know, or a whole bank of Great songs question. done yeah. even before they put the first song out. Why does that matter? It, it matters because you never know when you're going to hit. Like with Fetty, we hit. And we had our whole, we had three albums done with Fetty before he even hit the one. You know what I mean? And, when we was doing it, a lot of people was listening not only to Trap Queen, it was other songs that was bigger than Trap Queen first that everybody was listening to. You know what I mean? But it's just connecting that dot with the independent label, with the major independent label like 300. The way we mixed it together, the way we came together and formed Voltron out here. Like it was a great fit, you know what I mean? And we, we kind of marketed it. We marketed so different. Like our side of marketing was on the ground. Their side of marketing was actually the internet mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and the and industry. What you see, right. Yeah, in the industry. So them two came together. That was perfect. So we just got lucky in a, in a form of having having a great partner with us to take it over to the next. But we had the two and three albums. That's how the but hits but came. That is that is crucial. And I would tell this to any artist who is watching this show right now. You know. I work, I've worked with some of the biggest artists from, from the Notorious B.I.G. on down, right? To Diddy, and too. To Diddy, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, like we, my, my career, 
I've worked with some of the biggest. Right? But one thing that I tell every young artist, and right now I'm working with, with Jacque on Love & Hip Hop New York, and I, and I drill in his head, the worst thing that can happen to you, the worst thing is you get a hit and you're not ready for it. Right. And the yes. fact that, that Dan is even saying, you know, Fetty had two, three albums in a bank. If you don't have two, three albums in the bank, trust me, anybody who's out there who's in the recording studio and then praying to God, I hope I get a hit record, I hope I get a hit. If you don't have those hits to back it up, that's just waiting and you you yes. you haven't mastered your craft of going in and writing really right. quickly right. and yes. and <laughs> recording really quickly right. you're going to come and you're going to go because right now it's sweet all you all you have time to do is go to the studio and chill and be with your boys and everything exactly. but when you get a hit <laughs> exactly. everybody's calling your phone you're right. on the road the labels demanding stuff for you you're, you're doing up appearances late in the clubs right. You, you, you're doing the morning shows. It's, it's no sleep. Where do you fit? And this is why I give people like Jay-Z so much credit. Because Jay-Z really changed the paradigm of the rap game. You know, when he was coming out with, with albums every single year for 10 years consecutive, I was like, where is this man getting the time to record these hits? Because if y'all remember back in the days, people would drop an album, and they wouldn't drop another album like for two, three, four years. years. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Jay Z was so consistent with it ahead but, of the ahead of the curve as always. Absolutely, but it, it 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 was a testament to his work ethic, and it was a testament to the fact that he really, before he blew, mastered his craft, understanding how to listen to records, write my three sixteens, put a dope hook on it, and make it hit. And I think that the worst thing an artist can have is a hit record before they're ready for it. Well, it's Is also it? lost revenue, right? Like, I've interviewed artists who have one song. They Because of that, they got signed to a major. And you ask them, oh, when are you going out on tour? And they don't have a body of work to even tour with. To and even do a show. Yeah. yeah and they don't have the per the performing. And or they, exactly. yeah, they've never performed, you know. And I think a lot of that, aside from just kind of affecting your artistry, that's lost revenue. As an artist, you're making your money on the streaming platforms live shows you want a body of music that could be licensed for a tv show or a commercial so you should have stuff kind of in the holster and if you say i only have one song or i can give you an ep in six months in six months maybe no one cares yeah. right if yeah, you don't right. if you, you you get out there too early it could be just could be dead death you to your to strike career while the iron is hot you know like you know fetty dropped uh, trap queen it was just like follow-up hit after hit after hit that's how you have momentum you wait years between each song because you got to go back into the lab and work on it people forget you know in this industry but we how all many have artists ADD. have come up with hit records Bonafide hit records. You mean hit albums? Very few. That's yeah. a catch. It's a hit album or a hit record. No, a yeah. hit record and didn't have a second record to back That's it up. A lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Or it hit, or, or it hit, and they weren't like they as you said, weren't ready for, for it. Yeah. They weren't expecting yeah. it, and it just was that timing thing. And then they had nothing to follow up on. Yeah, and you see that all the time now. I mean, there's so many artists, huge records, and everyone wants to put them on this pedestal. They're the next to blow, but. Yeah. Again, you're only as good as your last hit, and if that hit doesn't come around, people Such forget. Such a great point, and that's that's something that all of the aspiring artists have to always remember. Trust me, your time will come and go. It, it will. It happens to the best of sure. them. Sure. So if you do not have that next record, you are only as good as your last. I mean, right off the top of my head, and it's, and it's no, you know, I don't mean this in, in a bad way at all, but I look how big Young and May 
you know, her record was just she's huge, and I'm such a big fan of her. Yeah. And but it's you know where's the next one designer. Right, you know, designer. Panda. Yep, Panda was a was a huge. massive, massive. Huge. and and every big artist wanted to get with both of them. Absolutely, to do to do remixes, to do hooks. Yeah, and again, that's how the industry is, right? When you're the new kid on the block, everyone wants a piece of you, which can be, I think, very intoxicating for people. All of a sudden, Kanye's calling you, and you get the new Yeezys delivered to your doorstep, right. and they're free, right. and it's great. But what people forget is, again, you're still an artist. So you if go. you have nothing to your, your name, job. yeah. Yeah, what are you doing here? And we can replace you so easily. Exactly. Yes. This is Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. New York City, it's Miguel, and you're tuning to the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, and real politics. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about mastering the music industry. We have an amazing panel with us today. Joining me is Sean Prez. He's a marketing expert and the founder of the Global Spin Awards. Sean, great to have you with us. Thanks, Lisa. Also joining us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. She's interview interviewed some of the biggest names in the music industry. Somia, great to have you. Thank you. Also with us is Danny Sue Griffin. He's an independent marketing expert with RGF and AMG. He's also Fetty Wap's manager and manages a number of other artists as well. Danny, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Let's talk about the whole performance aspect of it because you see some of these some of the artists that have been around and in the game, and like a Busta Rhymes show. People are gonna go what. Well, why would I go or whatever? In terms of a show, you get an amazing, second to none, amazing show. Yeah, Diddy, definitely. same thing. It's a, the second show is it's an amazing show. It's an amazing performance. But a lot of the newer artists, even though they're very big, they're the hottest thing. They've got all these hits. They're not able to fill various venues. Why do you think that is? Well, you fill venues with fan bases. If your fan base is flighty and overnight and spread you know, between 50 different artists, you're never gonna fill a venue. You, that's why, you know, all of what we've been talking about, you know, this whole segment of continuing to put music out, continuing to touch the people, continuing to understand who your fan base is, because that, you know, people are just throwing records out now, but they don't even know who they're speaking to. And some of the, 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 the greats who I see who are coming up like the Logics and, and, and many of the artists, they know who they're speaking to. And because of that, they have true fan base and they're able to put people in the seats at their shows. What do you think about that, Somia? Absolutely. And I think a lot of it is just kind of crawling before you walk. And I think a lot of artists, you know, going back to Aretha, they started performing in church or at like the school talent show or in front of their families. Right. And then the crowds got incrementally bigger. A lot of times now, if you have a hot record, you'll be pulled out in an arena show as like the guest opener, but you've never performed before. So, you, you know, it's really being pushed into the deep end too quickly. And I think especially in hip hop, you see that where sometimes the records are bigger than the artist or bigger than his or her stage show. So you stand at Madison Square Garden or Barclays and you literally can't work that crowd. It's a and really work that big stage too. Yeah. stage. Absolutely. And I think that's what I would really advise artists is start small. You know, there was a time, I mean, I remember SOBs right here in the city. I saw Kendrick, I saw Cole, Drake, all of their first New York shows were there to a very small room. And now when you see them do the garden, it makes sense, right? That's a logical progression. Right. And they've gone before. What about the cost, Danny? Because people, you know, you get your, you subscribe to your streaming service and you can get anything you want for, you know, $10 a month or whatever. 
And then, so you look at a concert ticket, two people to go, $50, you know, $100. Plus snacks. Yeah. Right. It's really expensive. Plus it's like over 100 a bucks just, yeah. for, just for a night to a concert. Yeah. Do you think that plays a role with some people? Yeah, it does play a role because, but what it does, the platforms kind of balance all of that out. See, with all the platforms where you got Tidal, Spotify, where you got to pay a subscription, you got YouTube probably where you don't have to pay. So right. some of these artists see some of the shows or part of the shows or some of the enter being of these artists on YouTube or on social media. So, so why even come see you live? Yeah, why even come you see you live? Because yep. we're putting so much of ourselves out there now. That they get to, it. They basically basically giving it away for free. Just giving it away, for, away free. for free. Or you don't buy Honestly, that. I don't know. I'm on the fence with that because I do believe people will pay for what they want. If they if there's quality, people will pay money for if it. If it's an event, if they feel no, like I have to see quality. this. If right. it's quality, it's that's that's the yeah, that's, that's the, the main thing. If you put out artist quality, people will pay. You know, we pay for all types of things. And in in, you know, I was just thinking as um the rest of the the panelists were speaking. You know, this is not just limited to 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 hip hop in terms of putting in the work. You have people like Tyler Perry, right? Oh this my gosh, guy, crazy! He humongous. was doing to, um his plays in the Chitlin Circuit for so many years. My mother lives down south. And she had every one of this man's DVDs and, you know, the plays and this, that, and right. the third. So by the time that he went to Hollywood, he got a sweetheart deal. They didn't know how big he was. They didn't right. know exactly. he was they bringing this They didn't understand that, right, that he had fan the, base the, with the, him. the grassroots, right? Oh, yeah. He had beat the streets up for so many years, starting small. And working his way until right. he, you know Medea was was a household yeah, name, a and household by the time name. he got right. to Hollywood, they didn't know about him. Yeah, they didn't. Right. But you know, they they quickly saw like, right. like they saw yeah. the sales and they saw the saw, saw the whole thing. But in ter in terms of today, 2018, the the way people are marketing themselves is it just social media? I mean, beefs are still a great, but on on the one hand, people seem super sensitive, and then on the other hand, they seem like it's. I mean, I think beef will always be good and that gets people talking um but i do think especially with the pusha t drake kind of you know back and forth we're in a very different generational time you know and i remember when pusha dropped his record there were people that said he went too far you know how dare he make personal attacks and it's like but that's hip-hop like right. if you listen to any of the great back and forths that's the whole point is i need to basically you know show out that's what being on this record is and i also think kind of generationally we're in a different place where people are very sensitive um and there's a lot of eyes on hip-hop you know there was a time now where mainstream news is covering it right people outside of the culture Culture are looking in and wagging Absolutely. their Absolutely. It's big so news. Big, yeah. It's always big, big news, news. You know, yeah. so it's interesting because I would say Pusha T won that battle, but when you look at Drake's numbers, I mean, Scorpion has killed every single record. Yeah, but, but let's on the look at that sides, for, right. you know? yeah. for what yeah, it yeah, is. Let's look at it. Drake, as big as he is, and this this is what people fail to understand. He's he's so good at his craft, and he's he's so real with his hip hop. As big as he is. You call his name out and Drake is answering you back. It's like, where are you getting time to listen to, to some of the things but that's going on? But he's got to have like a great team, too, to be just to have so many feelers out and to know everything that's going on so well and still to be creating so much. Well, he yeah. keeps his team very close. Since day one, he's had like the same guys from Toronto, you know, Forty and Oliver, and all of them have been kind of part of that OVO crew. And I think it kind of speaks to the fact they know him. He's comfortable working with them. He uses a lot of the same producers, guys like Boy Wanda all the time. And I think they just really 
get him, you know? And at this level in his career, does he really have to answer anybody back? Absolutely. The fact that he does, I, I give so. him credit for that alone. Because he could really be like, But doesn't that keep him relevant, too, and not like some kind of level. remote superstar? That's, I think, I think, I think it does. Relevant, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it also shows, you know, I'm in this, I'm a real hip-hop, oh, at least he sees himself as, yes. as a real hip-hop artist. Like, right. Yeah, the I make big records. thing hurt him, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Because, I mean, he felt it, right? No right. matter what, I think in his heart of hearts, he wanted to be sort of accepted by hip-hop, so he had to respond, you know? Well, you know, he had just one, I mean, he was, it's like, it's like, it's like you, you, you're coming off of, of, of winning the championship belt. He came off the Meek Mill thing. He's riding right. high. Sure. You know, he's like, yo, I can't lose. Like, let me go after everybody. If you if you say something about me, I'm going to answer you. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So so that's, and also the, the sensitivity part you raised. That's that's an excellent point. What about what about some of the, the big successes that we see? What about like a DJ Khaled? What do you think about him, Danny? That's an extraordinary talent. Khaled been working for years. He's been putting that work in. Like, he was developing himself. You know, he was he was doing it with he been doing it so for so long. Like I was even looking at one of the movies. I think it was uh what's the what's the Jamaican movie name? Shotters. Khaled. You know what I mean? Way back then, he's just been working, and and it pays off right now. You see, he know where he want to go with it at. You you, you, know you gotta I mean? remember. Yeah. yeah, he knows. That's that that's that developing well, your he's talent. He's also a marketing being guy, comfortable right? Like with yourself. to me, Khaled. Yeah. For many years, you know, he was like the radio guy, the DJ guy, but he thrives in a social media world, right? Totally. Snapchat, yeah. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. they gave him very much the second life. So I think what's kind of cool with the internet, it's sort of easy to sometimes, you know, criticize it for being terrible. In many ways, it helps you rebrand and reposition. I would argue, you know, without social media, Khaled probably wouldn't be as big as he was because, you know, really, who was in that space, like kind of playing to nobody, what he and, was he, doing. and he and he became such a personality. He crossed a lot of lines and crossed a lot of a lot of previous boundaries. I mean, you see him doing like a yogurt com TV commercial. Yeah, yeah. He's but, a, but when the time watchers, came, he when his got, time right? came, he was, he was yeah, ready. There for you it. go. Right. That's you, what you, and it's as simple as that. He like, knew what like, to do. Yeah, yeah, he had so many years of putting out hits because when Snapchat came and, and, and he became the king of Snapchat, many of the kids that were introduced to him on Snapchat had no idea that this is the guy who all I do is win, that President yes. Obama yes. you know, right. yeah. was playing his music. It's, right. it's, it's, they had no idea. They couldn't put two and two together because he was the guy in the background. Right. You know, you'd hear his voice, DJ Khaled, we the best, but he came with a fan base. And he always had that work ethic, but he was ready for his moment. He was ready. He was so is it all, does it always come back to, I know you believe in this, and, and Fetty believes in this with the, the people connection. Does it always come back, no matter how much technology there is, no matter what kind of crazy numbers people have for stre on streaming services, does it always come back to the people connection? Yeah, it always come back to that because that's what you, that's what you fall back on. Like when, when we was moving, like at the height of our at Fetty career, we had all the songs on the top in the Billboard. We had to come back, but we came back on tour. And you want to see where your fan base at? Book a tour. Put, put a exactly. tour date out. Yeah. <laughs> put some tour dates out there. You know, Kev Lyles and, and myself and Nitty Grit and, and Leo, we all, and Celine, we, we put the tour together, right? And, and we just rolled the dice. You know, we both, we all was up there figuring it out. We was like, let's just give him his fans. And he, that's what he wanted to do anyway. He felt that. So when we, we threw it up, half of it sold out the first week. You know what I mean? Then we started adding dates because more people wanted to see him. 
So and then when we was at the show, the lines for for like the meet and greet was outside, like was out of the door. He couldn't even do all of them. He was getting sick because it was so much he was doing, you know. But then again, he the fans was there for he him. He feeds off that. Yeah, he feeds he off. That, of, that he loves his fan base, but they love him too because like they came out without a whole new record. You know what I mean? Without a Absolutely. whole new album, you know. And we've been touring three, four tours, five tours, and on top of doing shows and still came back in the U.S. and, and cracked them with that, you know. So, you, yes, the fan base, the people touching them, talking to them, he really loves that. That's where you get your bang for your buck at. And that's where it's it's not so personal, right? Like, no matter what, it's a feeling. When you think of your favorite song, it's how it made you feel. It's yes. not like an algorithm or, right, you know, right. data. Like, yeah. we can do all that, especially behind the scenes of the industry. We look at those metrics. But it's still like what it makes you feel if someone's voice makes you feel something or reminds you of a relationship or heartbreak. That's what really resonates with people. And that goes back to connecting with people on a human level. Yeah, I think they grew with us, though, because a lot of kids was loving his music. Now they was able to come to the shows. Right. Three, four years later. Right. They were able to. Yeah, they was like, (laughs) where you at? We there. That's great to see him and to to have that be part of the first experience. So there's no shortcuts to the hard work. No matter how fast you hit the, I think there there's are. no replacement for hard work. No replacement. There, there, okay, there replacement. Are people who yeah, there's jumped shortcuts. The line. There are right. people who absolutely jumped yeah. the line. They're just not here tomorrow. Mm. You know, <laughs> or they may not. It may be harder for them because they're not going to be prepared, like you said, right? right. Like you're at the front of the line now. Okay, now what? So right. I definitely don't want us to say it's all hard work because I think we know really hardworking exactly. people that who don't, never make it. You right. know, there's exactly. luck. There's who you know connections. Sometimes just a time, it's a moment in time where, you know, lightning kind of strikes. But at the end of the day, the work will speak for itself. So I think if you have that kind of in your arsenal, you're in a good place. I I would say, you know, know your audience. I I cannot say, and I've said this multiple times, know who you're speaking to. Know your constituents. Know who your fan base is and talk to them. There's a, a man literally at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue right now in the White House. Yes. Who knows who, how to talk who, to his fan base. Yeah. Knows how to talk to his, his fan, fan base. Right. And it doesn't matter how many lies you catch him in. It doesn't matter how much controversy, just controversy yes. and hypocrisy that in this In terms man, of marketing, you, just forget politics aside, in terms of marketing, it's a brilliant marketing strategy. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. But he's speaking to his, his fan base. He his can core. give a crap and he doesn't care about, about anybody else. Right. Yeah. right now, he, Sean Prez, he'd be... Oh, I can't put the middle finger up here, but you know he'd be like, "Whatever, I right. could care yeah. less about Sean Price." But his fan base—he knows he what to say to, to push the button. Absolutely, knows yes. what to say, to and make they that stand connection. by him. It doesn't matter what he does. Right? And yeah, they, real they, fans will stand by yeah, you no matter loyal. what you no do. No matter what, definitely loyal. Yeah, so you got to know who you as as an artist. You know, you can make records over here, over there, over there. But who who are you and who are you speaking to? Yes, and right. the key and to that you, when you up. When you do get your time off, you gotta learn how to live again, because Absolutely. you jump into this, you jump into this arena. It's just so many fans, and they loving you. You know, you forget how to live again as you a know? human so, being, yes. as, a, as a as a private person, as a private person. So yeah. when so when a wave do come down, just live a little. 
You know, I tell my artists that all the time. Have fun. Go do something. It's like, I don't know what to do because they're so used to performing. They're so used to working hard. and everything like that. I'm well, like, they gotta, you got to make a life at some point. But um, I want to thank all of you for being with us. This was an amazing show. Uh, Sean Prez, thanks, thanks so much for, for joining us. Yep. Somia Christian Murthy, great to have you on again. Appreciate it. And Danny Sue Griffin, wonderful to have you here. Thanks, thank Lisa. you so much. And thank you for watching this episode of Street Soldiers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace. Yeah. Uh, after hours of Il Molino. A soto soto just talking women in vino. The contract like 91 Damarino. I swear this guy Michael Rapino's boosting my ego. Overly focused, it's far from the time to rest now. Debates growing about who they think is the best now. Took a while, got the jokers out of the deck now. I'm holding all the cards and just wanna play chess now. I hear you talking, say it twice so I know you meant it. I don't even tend it, they should know's in it I'm authentic, real name, no gimmicks No game, no scrimmage, I ain't playing with you at all My classmates, they went on to be chartered accounts Or work with their parents But thinking back on how they treated me My high school reunion might be worth an appearance Make everybody have to go through security clearance Tables turn, bridges burn, you live and learn With the ink, I could murder word of my earth Yeah, I swear this started clicking, dog. You know it's real when you are who you think you are Everything around